Welcome to Rock and Ice's My Epic Podcast, presented by Outdoor Research. I'm Daniel Tachik. As you already know, Outdoor Research has been at the forefront of mountain equipment innovation since 1981. Their products have shown them to be committed to improving the climber and alpinist's experience with awesome gear, from jackets to gaiters to bivy sacks. It's not about summits for OR. It's not about finish lines or sends. It's the journey. So if you've got a journey in the near future, check them out. You will not regret it. With the help of Outdoor Research, we're bringing you a story from Nathan Fry. Inspired by Royal Robbins, Listen to how he and his fellow soldier broke the rules and found themselves hanging off the face of a 1,000-foot cliff with not a single anchor to be found. All right, here we go. Toby and I were sitting in a drab military classroom, hurriedly stowing a topo of Laurel Knob's classic Groover, grade 3, 5.8, as an instructor charged into the room to read us the rules for our training in North Carolina. Your Uncle Sam's investment, the fat sergeant barked at us. So no dumbass stunts like skydiving or bungee jumping or scuba diving. Toby and I looked at each other. So far, nothing about climbing. So... Technically, we're still good. I mean it, fucktards, Tubby continued. No bull riding, car racing, cliff diving, or mountain climbing. Ugh, we're screwed. After the brief, I pulled Toby aside, asking, Hey, remember Royal Robins at Fort Bliss? Forged passes, secret trips back to Yosemite, hitching rides. He knew his priorities. So, what are ours? I mean, climbing, Toby said. Then it's time to start planning Operation Groover, I told him. From then on, we went clandestine. Groover, a committing 900-foot route, mandated asking for a weekend pass. There's places to camp here, grilled Sergeant Tubby. What the hell are you guys going to do there? Western North Carolina is the land of the waterfalls, I hedged. What are you, my ambiguously gay duo? Tubby snapped. We're hiking, Toby quickly added. Yeah, hiking, I chimed in, corroborating the lie. Tubby shook his head and signed the pass. We didn't know it yet, but we had just declared war on good karma. We locked up the truck and began the walk to the cliff base. A couple of good hours later, we stood staring up at Groover's arching crack system. Carrying shoes, Toby queried. I squinted up at the face, searching for the adjacent descent route. Nah, I replied looking for the last rappel anchor. We won't be walking. We'll come down right over there. On belay? You're on, he said, and off we went. Six pitches of thrilling cracks and smooth water groove climbing took us to the top of Laurel Knob, elated, but as storm clouds were appearing in the late afternoon sun, with the sense of haste. We traversed the rappel route, but discovered only a single bolt and hanger sunk into the boulder. With daylight fading, we backed up the bolt and I repelled to search for another anchor. I managed to find a set of rings a full rope length below and, pretty sure we were on the right route, waited for Toby, then descended again. 
Yet, about 60 meters further, I found myself hanging off the face of the 1,000-foot cliff, my rappel device just inches from the knotted rope ends. No rings, no bolts. I pendulumed, then studied the topo, trying to match up the water grooves on the smooth slab. Hey, Toby called down. What's up? No bolts, I yelled back to him. No place for a gear anchor either. Thunder was rumbling behind us. Feeling frustrated, I yanked out my Prusik cords and worked back up to the ledge, arriving just as the first raindrops hit. Deviating from the wrap line, I busted through a grove of mountain laurel on low-angle slab and, and soon stood above the tree island. Toby struggled up after me, scratched and dragging foliage. You look like a shrub, I joked. Yeah? Well, you look like an asshole, he said back. Ignoring him, I stacked the rope. Operation Groover is an abort mode, I sighed. Any bright ideas? Yeah, Toby replied. Take our chances with the locals. Catch a ride back to camp and drive the truck around to pick up the packs. I slapped in my empty pocket. The keys are in my pack, I mumbled. My pack is at the cliff base. Toby just rolled his eyes at me. This is going to be a long night. Our feet clad in climbing shoes, we stumbled in a drizzle into the maze of thicket and private roads on the back of Laurel Knob. After about 20 minutes of bushwhacking, we somehow emerged into a gravel drive. I turned and limped along a road winding downhill. Toby walked ahead as I stopped to remove my shoes. Hey, he called. I see a light up ahead. Sure enough, a house glowed through the trees. We staggered toward it, pausing when a chorus of barking erupted from the house. The front door opened and an armada of chihuahuas and terriers raced across the yard. A woman appeared, peering into the darkness. We put up our hands as if we were approached and the cams around our waists jingling like convicts' chains. Excuse me, ma'am, I said using my own homegrown southern accent. We were climbing on Laurel Knob and had to walk off the top. She waited. We have to walk down to Panther Town Campground, I continued. We're not sure how to get there. The dogs were just growling at our feet, glaring with beady eyes. Take a ride out the drive, she said. The road will wind up and down and hit that big road after a little bit. That's what you want to take to Panther Town. What did she just say? Toby whispered to me. About how far is that? I asked, hoping to score a ride. Oh, I don't know, maybe five miles, she paused. Maybe ten, maybe twenty, thirty minute in the truck. Hey, get in here! We jumped, not realizing that she wasn't calling us, she was calling her dogs. They churned back inside and she closed the door. Shut down. We walked back in the rain. We eventually found, quote, the big road, and, trusting our gut, turned right and plodded quietly for several hours. As Toby and I limped the last mile to the campground, foot sore and soaked, we faced another six-mile round trip to retrieve the packs. The truck cab was locked, but we managed to pull the window outward with a nut tool, held it open with a small cam, and, and fished the lock up with a wired stopper. We pulled out our extra shoes, sucked down the leftovers of the bag of pretzels, and trudged back in the rain. By the time we returned with the packs, it was 3 a.m. I broke the silence. 
So that's the end. In 20 hours, we climbed 1,000 vertical feet and walked 15 miles, half of it barefoot, I said to Toby. We opened the camper shell and crawled into our sleeping bags for a few hours of rest before the long drive home the next day. The truck grew silent for several minutes. In the darkness, Toby spoke up. He looks at me and says, I guess we did end up hiking. Thanks for tuning in. We've got another great slate of unbelievable stories coming your way. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of those. I'd like to thank Noisy Waters for the music. Thanks for listening, and again, thanks for Outdoor Research for helping us bring these stories to life. 